2: On this episode of Bantha Milk podcast, the start of a revolution. Ba,
1: ba, 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 Intro ba, ba. music. Wait, that's not it. What? He's <laughs> no good to me, Daddy. Ba, 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 ba.
2: Intro music. Intro music. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. You know it's even more complicated than bounty hunting. Starting a revolution. And starting a podcast. And starting a podcast, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) What were you going to say, Cameron? You
0: know what's even more difficult?
2: What? Baking. Baking, yes. So we have a special guest here. I have two special guests here. One, back again. Well, you're both back again. Cameron's been here numerous times. But back again as my co-host, because Cameron's going to flake out on us real soon because she... (laughs) She didn't, unless she wants to stay. You don't watch the episode at all, so you don't have much to add once I'm we get into it. real amateur here. You are the real amateur here. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter Cameron is here, and Ryan gilbert Hardin, RGH. Pew, 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 from the Ears Up Discord page. There we go. There we go. Oh, I see the e behind you, you.
1: Was that there last time? Yeah, he just didn't have as much light on him okay. back there. There we go.
2: <laughs> so Ryan is here again, because Nicholas is still doing... Brand new infant baby stuff, uh, and Ryan's old hat at that. Now his kid's like two months old. Um, exactly. <laughs> and my kid is here, so there we go. Uh, so, welcome, Ryan. How are you, sir?
1: I am great. Excellent. Uh, it is the best time of the year. We got mm-hmm. we got Marvel going on. Yes. We got all the nerd shows going on. Plus, we got all the sports are going all on. All the sports. We got hockey. We got mm-hmm. baseball. Everything's good.
2: Start of hockey baseball are in the playoffs my team is in the playoffs for the first time never in 11 happens. years yeah it never happens um Ryan's team is well they're always in the playoffs but whatever.
1: Yeah. at this point it's a given it's a given <laughs> they, they just go through
2: the first 182 games just for fun because they're like oh we're gonna keep playing so that's it doesn't matter yeah. yeah it's it's spring that's their spring training yeah. 182 yeah, exactly. days of spring training so yeah so the phillies are finally back in the playoffs we swept the St. Louis uh, Cardinals in two-game sweep, which was a lot of fun because I thought for sure we were going to come home uh, after losing two games. Uh, what makes it even more fun – now, I don't know how you feel about uh, this, Ryan, because you're West Coast fans, so it really doesn't affect you. But the Mets lost in the first round, so that's awesome. Uh, for yeah. For every Phillies fan, it's amazing. <laughs> um they, the Mets are great at notoriously uh blowing it at the end of seasons. And <laughs> this one they did it twice. They Yeah they had the NL East up by like eleven games and then said, Nah, we'll let the we'll let the Braves win it for the thirty seventh time or something ridiculous. Them winning the NL East is like the Dodgers being in the World Series. It just <laughs> always happens. Um And then they lost, and then they lost in the in the first round in the wild card round also. So they went home early twice. So ha ha to the Mets. Um, (laughs) We just lost three viewers now because they were Mets fans. Uh Yeah, yeah. 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 Um,
1: Mets (laughs) coordinates.
2: So before we start, the reason why Cameron is here, I almost forgot to do this last week because of Ryan. Luckily, reminded me. But we're going to talk about all our social meds and we're going to crack open some Bantha Milk while we're here. So, social medias for all of my friends out there, please uh, check us out on uh, Twitter at Bantha Milk, Instagram Bantha Milk Podcast, Facebook Bantha Milk Podcast. Check out our other group page, Sacred Jedi Texts. That's always fun. People post um, silly things like memes in there of Star Wars memes and that's a fun time. Like, subscribe, comment down below on our YouTube page, uh, wherever you Watch or listen to all of our podcasts, please, if you can, give us a rating of five or four stars, you know, because we're that awesome. Oh, ears up. That's our parent organization. They send us lots of things. We get nothing from them except for a little bit of publicity. But it doesn't matter. Jason doesn't listen to this anyway. Uh, Oh. Oh, speaking of not listening to, since Jimmy doesn't listen to this show very, very often, I'm just going to keep calling you Robert, Ryan, because that's what he, <laughs> he was calling you on uh, on the Supreme Resort. Yeah, those Supreme Taco Boys. The Supreme Taco Boys. Uh, Ryan won a contest over there, and uh, Jimmy, the one co-host, kept calling him Robert. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah. got, he got the two of us confused. I understand how. I mean, you know, with Ryan's dashing good looks and everything, I look just <laughs> like him.
0: I mean, your beards are practically the same length.
2: I know, right? Did you know, Cameron, oh, about Ryan's beard? Ryan's beard is NHL famous. What? It is. It is. That it is. Ryan was on a giant billboard, is this correct, in Colorado? Yeah. Please tell us all about this.
1: Yeah, so um, I actually have a good friend who was beard famous before me. So I joined the competitive bearding community a while back. I don't really do it as much anymore. Really cool community, all for charity, all that good stuff. But one of the guys who's local here in Colorado, he's actually from he's from the DC area and he's famous for styling his beard like for the caps. So he's written the word caps in it. He's done like the capitals W, all kinds of stuff. So he was in Colorado and we went to see the abs play the caps. And so he helped me style my beard to say abs and his to say caps. And during that game, a picture was taken of me that is now heavily used by the Colorado avalanche. Actually last I checked, they were using it for their happy hour promotion this year. So
2: so I know the guy who is the guy who is a spokesperson for the Washington Ca- – or not Washington Capitals for the Colorado Avalanche. Not really spokesperson, but they use this picture. So I know that guy. And then go. another weird uh, – I don't know this guy as well as I know RGH because RGH and I are like beat besties now. Um, <laughs> but the Phillies used to have, when we were in the old stadium, there was all of these like fan clubs for the different players. Okay. And the most famous one was the Wolf Pack. Because the pitcher's last name was, it was Randy Wolf. His last name was Randy Wolf. So they created the Wolf Pack. And all these guys had Wolfman masks on. And they all were in the... we call it, it was the 700 level, was the top level. They had a giant banner that said the Wolf Pack. And every time he got a strikeout, they would do some kind of like... I think it was like the... Like um, Thriller. <laughs> like Thriller, yeah. Like the Wolfman like thriller type thing. Years later, I had... Partial season ticket plans for the Phillies, and the guy sitting next to me was the guy who created the Wolf Pack, and he goes, "Oh, oh. by the way, uh, I used to be the creator of the Wolf Pack." We're like, "What?" He's like, <laughs> "Yeah." Awful. So he he went. They gave him like tickets. He went to like during the playoff run. It was like I want to say like maybe ninety three or something like that. Like when we were really good. The you know we're we're really good once every two decades (laughs) i was gonna Um, say yeah um so like 93 year um i think that's when randy wolf was there maybe it was a little bit later but um they like bought the wolf the phillies bought the wolf pack like tickets to go to a couple like playoff games away games and things like that and so it was really really cool so i at one point sat next to the guy who was that guy and now on this podcast i'm sitting next to that guy who was that guy for the Colorado Avalanche.
0: yeah knew that guy who knew? Well and and
1: I have two sports fandom like claims to fame. The other one I uh I took an Iron Man suit and I painted <laughs> it green and where it should all be red. Okay. Huh? I ended up on ESPN oh. on like the lead in to Sports Center at one point. Nice. Uh because I would wear it to Colorado State football games, Colorado okay. State University, um, which their colors are green and gold. So it was a green and gold Iron Man. I called it Iron Ram. There you and, go. Uh, yeah, I was on the one of the bowl games we went to. I think it was the. New Mexico Bowl. Nice. Um, I was on the lead-in to... That's to awesome. Eat, That's to cool. yeah, Yeah, Center that night.
2: That's awesome. So there we go. If you wanted to know how famous RGH was, you now know.
1: <laughs> yeah, just tangentially, no one ever actually sees my real face. No, nope.
2: but you're, yeah, but you're that famous. All right, so let's crack open, and then as we're cracking this open, Cameron's going to talk about why she's here other than just to laugh at us. But I went out today just for this. And I was looking for something, A, that would have been green because there was a green drink in today's show. Everything that was green was a double IPA. Mm. And I was like, okay, it's a Thursday, and (laughs) I want to finish the podcast without slurring or looking like a complete moron. So I didn't get any double IPAs. You also have work. And I have work on Friday. Yeah, that thing too. But (laughs) I did find some 21A, which is hard to find in the New Jersey area coaster pills so i was very excited to nice. support the 21st amendment that supports ears up um i get nothing out of it i didn't even get this for free i paid for it so there you go i support two one a so i will crack this there we go and now it's your turn rgh
1: nice nice hey if jason actually randomly decides to listen to this one he'll be really jealous of you he hey. was just talking on discord about how he hasn't been able to find coaster pills in oh life. i should sell it to him
2: there ship you go it, ship it ship back, it across, back the, across
1: the country <laughs> 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 yeah so i didn't even think about the green i should have okay I, I think i have i might have something else around here but um i'm drinking drum roll drum roll hazy ipa from odell brewing company they're local here in fort collins northern colorado area okay um this beer has changed its name a whole bunch of times. Uh, okay. It's always been Drumroll, okay. but like yeah. the type of IPA has changed over time. Um, so it's, it's kind of an old favorite of mine.
2: There you go. So. All right. Well, uh, drink up cheers. And what a great episode where we see the, the uh, start of a revolution. I keep saying, but truth, truthfully Cameron has <laughs> air cause she is not old enough, but Cameron is here for an even more fun and important reason. Go ahead, Cameron. Tell us why you're here.
0: Uh, well, obviously, I'm a fan favorite, so that's one of the reasons.
2: That why. is right. Our, our viewership goes up every time Cameron's here.
0: Also, he, my father recently bought me, well, technically, he bought it for himself, and then he made me do it, but he bought me this Star it's not working, he bought me, I don't know what I did. I don't know either. <laughs> it fell out <laughs> of the hole. Anyways, he bought me this Star Wars baking book. Where did you buy it? Amazon? Uh, well, yes, because
2: uh, Barnes & Noble was $10 oh. more than it was on Amazon, oh so save some money there.
0: And as I was scrolling through it, scrolling through it, oh, goodness gracious, um, I originally found, I don't know if I can find it. I'm on I'm on the spot. This is not helpful. Okay, I originally found BB-8 cupcake cake pops, but they didn't have the proper colors at ShopRite, so we had to, uh, what's the word? Compromise. Compromise, that yep. one. We had a compromise, and we ended up... And improvised.
2: We improvised. compromised and improvised. I
0: like you're saying we. I did this.
2: You did this.
0: Uh, <laughs> and we made R2-D2 cupcakes. And Little R2-D2 oh, cupcakes. fantastic. Nice. Yep. So it's a uh, chocolate cake because my father likes chocolate cake. Truth. Not for me. Um, and then it's a cake pop on top of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Nice. So
2: cake pop on top with uh, hard chocolate wrapped around it, mm-hmm. and then... The best decorating that she could do with the limited colors that they had at the Shoprite. <laughs> All they had, we there was no silver or anything. So she tried her best with blue and black. So mm. it kind of looks like R two D too. i I'll give it to her. In the
0: white chocolate, Yeah. So
2: make it hey, I like it.
1: Guy. Nice. Sorry, it looks great. Have it. You, you, have have to you ship it across country have over to me.
2: One. I shipped I it to with the two one a. On a. Yeah. 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 To the Rado.
1: You are very good.
2: Thank you very much, Cameron. They're delicious. I'm going to keep eating it when Ryan is talking today. So
0: I'll be here all night. <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay.
2: I have some Star Wars news. <laughs> what? Star Wars. There we go. Alright, so I have three things of Star Wars news. Um, the first one, and I'm sure, Ryan, you already heard about this because I know you're a big park fan. But the park is jacking up their prices.
1: Yes, they are. And unfortunately, not only, Star Wars is impacted. And
2: Star Wars is impacted. Yes, it is.
1: So, if and did you
2: how many how many lightsabers have you built from Savi's workshop?
1: I have two. I was actually looking because I was trying to reset up this back back area to be a little bit less parky because I had park pops back there for uh, doing walkabout, but okay, uh, trying to make it a little bit more Star Warsy, and I can't find. My elemental nature one from uh, Savis—it's somewhere okay. in a box, somewhere after moving. But this is power and protection.
2: Okay. Peace and protection. Right. Excellent. So Ryan has two Savis workshop lightsabers. I have one. And it's right behind my head. I forget which one I got. It was the um the one that kind of looked like um like a Sith one. Oh okay. Um, I forget what it's called. But uh, so I did that. But now. If you want to do it, when I did it, it, it was fun. It, it was it used to be $219 for the experience, and it was definitely worth it. Well, Star, or, I mean, Disney worth it. Yeah. Um, because if you were to buy one of the legacy lightsabers and then the blade on top of it, you're spending close to $200 for a regular legacy lightsaber hilt and blade. So you're spending almost $200 or over $200 for that. So for another twenty bucks, you can make your own custom one all by itself, and you get the experience of having the person from Batu telling you all about how uh, these are leftover junk pieces, and you're not supposed to say the word lightsaber and blah blah blah, and it really immerses you. And first you take this hilt, and you do this, and you and like you're like way into it, and you want to be completely cosplayed out while you're in there because you want to feel like you're in the movie building your own lightsaber so it's a great experience i love it i had a lot of fun and it was totally i don't want to say totally worth it but it was star wars disney worth it at 219 now they're
1: jacking the prices
2: up to 250
1: yeah yeah i think it's i think even at 250 it's still best bang for buck in the land right yeah like I think so. I've done because the droids, which we'll, I'm assuming we'll talk about mm-hmm. here in a minute. Yep. Um, I've done well, each me and my wife have done two of those now. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I think like as far as money you spend, like if, for the experience, I think Savvy's is the, the best bang for buck. 250 is pushing it, though. right?
2: And it's a solid
1: piece, too. Like, oh, yeah. They're metal, they're not plastic. Mm-mm. They're, yeah. They're, strong
2: they're strong they're heavy you know like they you feel like it's a real lightsaber if there was such thing as a real lightsaber this feels like it could be a real lightsaber because i remember when trey my oldest was really young the first time he went to star wars he built his own one of the little plastic ones Mm. um and they were just like they felt just like the plastic ones that you would buy at target or walmart or whatever but you could build your own so that was fun It was also a lot cheaper and it felt a lot cheaper. So this one definitely felt like it was a real tool, like a real lightsaber. So that was pretty cool. And then as you said, you built two of the droids and the droids are going up as well. Uh, They were $99 to build a droid. now they're going up to 119. So they're going up 20 bucks as well. And the problem with them is they are plastic. And there is only four different parts to them, maybe five. Like yeah. the R two D two, you have the body, then the legs, the head, and then the little pieces. Do you snap the little pieces in the front, like the the little? Yep. yeah. So yep. so you and you can do each leg separately. So and the little tilt leg down in the front. I think that's a separate one also. So yeah, yeah. you have the three different legs, the body, and the head. So you really have five different pieces. And even, like, I, I saw a lot of people walking around with the head. Um, there was, like, the purple and blue style. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then I saw a second one and then a third one. I thought somebody put those all those colors together. But the head came that way with the purple and blue already built into it. And I was like, oh, so you're really not really designing much. You know, like, you're, pick, you're picking five different pieces off of a conveyor belt. And I know my kids... Uh, would blow through that in, like, five minutes. Like, camera would <laughs> grab five pieces, and she'd be like, I'm done. And I'm like, this is $125 now, and you did well, it in 10 seconds.
0: Also, I'm very indecisive, so it might take me six minutes.
2: It might take you <laughs> – there you go. So, <laughs>
0: throw in an extra couple minutes
2: Yeah, me. But, like, Ryan, you uh, – when we were on some – I forget what show we were on. Oh, when we were on uh, Supreme, Supreme Resort, Resort together. Yeah, you were saying you even like aged them and stuff after you got home, so you made them look really cool and really like weathered and stuff. So that makes it cooler when you do customize them like that later on.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's so for the for the droids. There's technically now three series you can build. Okay. Uh, because they added C series. Which the C series, that's like chopper, which actually I think uses the same heads as the R series, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it if just you want to.
2: instead of yeah, instead of the round one, it's it's got the flat chopper head instead. But you can yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and so you choose from three series, you choose from the BB- four different bodies, uh, and then. I think it's like 15 different heads are available. So there there is a lot there but also yeah it's only a few things. And it it's definitely a downgrade in experience from Savi's. Like Savi's yeah. is kind of a ritualistic mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um whereas like the the droid depot is really cool. My wife actually loves it. She's actually why we built the second ones. Okay. It's I mean it's a the idea is you're kind of picking up scrap droids and putting them together and so it's kind of a hustle and bustle type of place yeah
2: and it would be if there was somebody there like really guiding you the way they guide you in Savi's I think it would be like if if there was you know tour times just like there was for Savi's even if it was every 10 minutes or something like that but you had somebody going Ray was just scouring the the countryside and she pulled in all these pieces so now we have some droid pieces here for you to uh you know customize and build your own droid and gave you like a little story that went along with it i think it would definitely be a lot more fun but when you're just like getting a ticket and they're like okay 27 you're next and you just go over with a basket and you plop five pieces down into it and you go over to the charging station and you plug everything together it's not as immersive i guess as the uh as the lightsaber one is but both of the both of those just like the uh the park tickets apparently are going up as well, but so there, everything's going up in price.
0: Inflation? <laughs> yeah, or
2: just uh, Disney? I think uh, because Disney stock is down, so they're trying to make up <laughs> for the billions of dollars that they still have. They they want more billions. Um, yeah, I think it's just Disney going up. They just every you know couple of years they say, well, "Look, we're going to raise the price again." So yeah, so that's that. That's a little disappointing. This one is uh, uh this news is more for me than anybody else, but multiple. Retiring Lego Star Wars sets are selling out prematurely online or permanently online. Wow, I read the wrong word. Permanently online. So there's a whole bunch of Lego Star Wars sets that they're discontinuing. So bad. if you want them, you gotta get get on board. Uh, the giant Yoda that sells for like a hundred and whatever dollars, they're getting rid of that one. Oh uh, dang. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The Boba Fett helmet that I have up on the top shelf way up there, they're getting rid of that. Darth Vader Meditation Chamber, they're getting rid of that. at versus Tauntaun Micro Figures, they're getting rid of that one. The Scout Trooper Helmet, they're getting rid of that. And I, I've i been saying in my head that I want to get all the helmets. Like, it'll be a lot of fun to get all the helmets. Mm. So, luckily, Amazon still has the Scout Trooper Helmet. Nice. So, I picked one of those up before they're before they're gone um especially since i have the mandal oh i have boba fett yes i have boba fett which is the other one that's going away okay go ahead are they
0: getting rid of them to get new ones or just getting rid of like budget cut
2: wise um not really budget cut wise but just they just don't keep making sets all the time like they're just uh they're just because they're creating
1: yeah creating scarcity Yeah. yeah
2: Um, creating scarcity and just like going through to come up with something else instead because they don't want their inventory to get stale because yeah. if everybody buys it, then they won't buy it anymore. The Imperial Probe Droid, which is pretty neat. I like that. It's kind of like the same size as the helmets. Um, they're getting rid of that. The Imperial Armored Marauder, the Armorer's Mandalorian Forge, um, which is yeah. a small little set. And then the Armored Assault Tank, the AAT. They're getting rid of all of those. Uh, and then in sometime in 2022, there's a lot more that are being retired as well. Uh, Razor Crest Micro Figures, Mandalorian Starfighter, which I'm going to get that one. That's his new little ship. Probably
1: uh, oh, like Naboo Fighter. Yeah,
2: thing. yeah. Uh, the Bad Batch Attack Shuttle, Duel on Mandalore, Imperial Shuttle, Trouble on Tatooine, Resistance X Wing, Millennium Falcon Micro Fighter, 501st Legion Clone Troopers. Uh, Imperial Star Destroyer, the $700 Imperial Star Destroyer, so get it now. (laughs) I know know you've been holding out. Better get it now. Find your $700 for that and go ahead and grab that. I love that. I love that. I love the giant Millennium Falcon. I love the giant Death Star. But you need, like, a whole separate room to put those things in. Those things are so big.
1: Yeah, they're massive. Yeah.
2: Like... You, turn, you have to build a coffee table around it Because there's no other place to put it You know, it's like crazy All of those Lego sets are going to be discontinued this year So if you want any of them, get them now while they're hot um,
1: Ding, dang. Yes
2: And then last but not least and this is pretty exciting um, We all know that the new Ahsoka series is coming up And Thrawn has been rumored to be in the th- in the series so where everybody's questioning who could be thrown there's all these theories as to who it could be but it's funny the one person that everybody keeps quoting is this guy christopher mark and he is he he is verified on twitter but he's like a reporter that's verified i thought he was actually a part of disney or something like that but um he's just like a reporter So, I don't know the validity of this, where he got his information from. If it is true, it will be really cool. Probably not. Yeah, but Lars Mikkelsen, uh, I'm probably saying his last name wrong, but he was the voice of Thrawn in Rebels, is the guy who's apparently been slated to play him in Ahsoka, which is pretty cool because he has a a good skinny face like, like Thrawn does. Um, and he already has the voice from Rebels, so it would be yeah. really, really cool if if he plays him in live action too because it would be a little awkward to have somebody else playing him but then them, then, them dubbing over his voice the whole time. So this way, it'll be all him all the time. So that's pretty exciting if that is true.
1: Yeah, that would be really cool. Um I'm trying to think if they've brought anyone else's voice... To live action. Katie Sackhoff was Katie, the voice. Yes.
2: Katie Sackhoff is the voice, and she was the one who also played her in, in The Mandalorian as well. Bo Katan.
1: Yes, Bo Katan. Yes. And I have my picture with her.
2: Oh, look at that. There you go. Yeah, right there. Look <laughs> right at that.
1: Yeah,
2: You're yep. dressed up as an Ewok right next to Bo Katan. Yeah. Very nice.
1: I didn't even. I forgot that was up there until That's like literally awesome. two seconds ago.
2: See, we're finding more and more out about Ryan. He's. he's <laughs> More and more famous as we speak. Yeah. Our viewership is going to quadruple now because of all this fame from having somebody so famous on our show all the time. That and Cameron being here is just drawing in thousands of people. All the views. All the views. I'm very entertaining. You are very entertaining. So, I have a lot of energy
0: right now. For myself. <laughs> she sure
2: does. <laughs> all right. So that's it for my news. Did you uh, do any? Or see any or hear anything there, Ryan? Over the week, not that you were. You did, were a you did better or... than
0: me.
1: There, there's nothing that I've seen today. Excellent. Or this week. Uh, All right, Cameron. D twenty three happened.
0: I don't know. It's like
2: yeah, the that was like but... weeks ago. We already talked oh, yeah. about that. God.
0: Well, TikToks have just started coming out about it, so that's how I knew. Oh, really? Well, yeah, but they—I saw someone and they are buying like exclusive, like D twenty three, like only products
2: Oh yeah, D twenty yeah.
0: They got like the Star, this not Star Wars, the Spider Man figurine, but it's like only sold at D twenty three. Okay. That was
2: cool. It was pretty cool. And they
0: got like a Captain Carter, like real life shield. Oh, that's made fun. Out yes. kidding, made out of vibranium. Just
2: kidding. Made out of real vibranium. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real yeah. From, vibranium from Wakanda. Yeah, I understand. It's that's awesome. Really cool. It was really cool. And she actually had her friend shoot at it and yep. she stood behind it and it just it and so it crazy. held up. Yeah. Makes perfect sense to me. I would do the same thing. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, we're going to go into a commercial break right before we talk all about episode six of Andor. And I thought it was a great episode. So I'm really excited to talk about it. So when we come back, spoiler alert, if you, uh, Didn't watch it yet. Watch it now during this commercial break and then come back and bam, we'll tell you all about it.
1: And we're back.
2: I love that from uh, SNL. That old <laughs> Nick
1: and I would always do that.
2: And we're back. hey we're back. Hey.
1: Uh, I'm definitely going to watch whatever show it is on Disney Plus and or, uh, uh, <laughs> or Peacock. Peacock. That, Peacock. That they just showed us. <laughs> uh,
2: they just, yes, that one. And uh, I got the JCPenney commercial one time also that Eric was talking about. Yeah. Um, he said that one time there was a JCPenney commercial in between. I I was I got that as well one time. It's pretty funny. The I, the Eye. The That's eye. the name of this episode. Uh, I have a question. Where's Bevo the?
1: Uh, yeah, where's B? Be- our, our emo B. Emo B.
2: Yeah, emo emo with a B. B emo. Whatever it is. Where's he been? I'm guessing we're gonna see him again because we also haven't seen Perrin Furtha, the guy who was uh, fired. And then went back with his mom last week. We didn't see him at all this week either. So I'm sure both of those are going to come back in the next six episodes. But right now we didn't see either of those. So I was a little, I was like, "Where is this droid?" Because the <laughs> droid was really cool. He was fun, and I'm like, oh, there's merch all over that." Like, oh yeah, Christmas time. We're gonna, everybody's going to have a red droid that bounces up and down and everything like that. It's going to be <laughs> the next thing at Savvy's workshop. Build your own droid and all that good stuff. But uh, yep. Yeah, so they weren't there. So. I, after last week's debacle and, uh, not doing my share of the hard work on my own show, I made sure I took copious notes this time, Ryan. So you stop me anytime and throw in every two cents that you have. And don't be afraid to cut me off. uh, Sounds good. Because I have lots and lots of notes. So we open up, uh, echo one, echo one. And, uh, a little throwback to Echo Base from uh, from Hoth. I like that. I don't
1: think that, but that's, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, The opening scene, they're at the mountain. They're waiting for the eye. Uh, Clem and Nico have great conversation together about why they're actually here and what they're all doing. And, uh, you know, they really wanted you to love this character, Nico. Oh, my
1: gosh, yeah. And I loved
2: Nemec. Nemec. yeah. Nemec, Nemec, Nemec. Yeah. Nemec, Nemec. I was saying it wrong. Yeah. I'm. Pa- I'm sorry. Yes. And Nemek. No. Yeah. You're good. You're
1: yeah. Good. He's. He's really awesome. And that conversation was really cool. Um. I really liked. I think Andor said, at one point, you know, he's like, "Hey, the Empire doesn't play by the rules. Like, no. Don't expect them to. Mm-hmm. And it's because, and they don't care enough to learn from their mistakes. No. Which I thought was really cool. It's really setting the tone. And, and part of that is like. Saving George Lucas's crummy writing from like <laughs> way back, right? Like, here's this bad a- empire that's bad at learning from their own mistakes. Yeah, like, you know, it, it's why they're bad at
2: it, I guess. Yeah, it's right. why they're bad at it because they don't care to to learn. They they're like, nope, I am. We're so good, we don't need to. But yeah, between him telling them how bad and how um, stuck up and whatever the empire is, and that they don't learn. Then we get into scene two where J-Hold, which is the uh, the commandant, is going on this long monologue about how dumb the uh, Andoni are. I'm saying their name wrong again. Um, the, the, the native... I think they
1: call them the Donny.
2: Yeah, Adonis, yes. Um, how dumb they are and how easily they are to be persuaded into doing whatever they want them to do. Um, and instead of the Empire trying to learn about all the cultures that they're taking over. They're just um, brainwashing them into doing what they want them to do. And it, um, one of the YouTubes that I was watching about, I said, this is what the old British empire would do when they would take over places. But I also, re- it reminds me, we went to um, Cozumel, Mexico a couple years ago yeah. and they had this giant, big show all about how the Spaniards came and uh, killed every, all the Aztecs that were living there originally. Anybody that didn't want to switch to, to Spanish and to uh, Christianity, they would just kill them. So it was like, this seems like what we do generation after generation. We just go and uh, do the same exact thing. So um, yeah. So this isn't a new concept to say the least. Um, but he says uh, uh uh they are building something big on their sacred grounds, which um I don't know if we're gonna see any more of this.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, maybe because like obviously they didn't destroy the garrison, right? Right, and we'll get there. But you know, there's still some some people we care about still on that planet. And yeah, then,
2: yeah. Um, Cinta um, is still yes. there. Yeah. So we need to get her off of the planet. Um, um, but I
1: I will also say the inside man I forget what his name was, uh the like the rebel who's working for the empire. Oh Double yeah, Agent. um, I have it written down here. Um, it starts with a G. Gorn. Gorn. Yeah. Watching Gorn's reactions as like they talked through like all these horrible plans and they were like yeah uh we have most people caring about the like small celebration in the city because they kind of set this up last week where you found out that gorn fell in love with a local woman and so he's like endeared to the locals right yeah yeah he cares about the planet Mm -hmm. and so just watching him just like you can see him just seething with anger yeah like you can't show it right but there's, there's little ticks where you yeah,
2: like yeah 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 when he's standing behind them where they can't see him you just see the extra like uh-huh, like the anger on his face mm-hmm. um and you know in his body language and stuff like that uh so yeah and that's the thing like you could tell that he cared and i was even thinking that one or some of the people in This little rebel group of seven That one of them at least Were going to be from the planet Were going to be one Like somehow a local that Whatever And that's who I really thought That um, That Nemec uh, Yeah, Nemec was going to be We're going to find out that he Grew up on this planet And all that stuff And that's why he really wants to Defeat these guys Because they um, You know Took over his sacred ground And all that stuff but, yeah, there, I mean, there was a lot of talking of the sacred ground between him and the, um, they didn't call him an architect, whatever they called the other guy, uh, that got killed right away. But, oh, yeah. um, uh, about how, the, you know, it's sacred grand, ground and blah, blah, blah. And basically they're just going to annihilate this whole valley by the time they're done. So I don't know what they're building that's going to be that big, but they were talking about building something big in there. Um, so then, uh, after that, we go back to, to the little rebel cell. They're getting their walkie-talkies all linked up. And uh, they're struggling through that. But then they finally get the right signal. Uh, and it was cool just showing, like, more old tech and uh, more of the ways that they're using old, uh, old tech that the Empire doesn't know about or doesn't care about anymore or even just... Um, just ways to get around the empire finding them you know um
1: yeah i thought it was really neat to to kind of show us that right like they they started it last episode but they kind of kept it up with the uh,
2: yeah kind uh, of showing us
1: how they're trying to skirt the empire with their own tools
2: yes and then uh then we see uh some some of the soldiers are walking towards the pilgrims and we find out at that point in time that tu- turmeric uh is a stormtrooper and we didn't really find anything out about this guy. He was quiet the whole series, which is why I thought he was going to be the traitor because mm-hmm. we weren't getting into him at all and they are just going to be like, nope, traitor. Um, but we don't find anything. And then we find out that he's a stormtrooper. And it was, once you knew that he was a stormtrooper, I don't know, I'd have to go back and rewatch all his manu- mannerisms leading up to this if he was acting this way the whole time or if it was like just really emphasized in this episode. But, uh, but once we found out, then you could definitely see everything he did was a lot straighter and a lot stiffer and a lot more stormtrooper-ish than, uh, than it was before. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, definitely a soldier.
2: And <laughs> I had to watch it a couple of times to really understand what Clem said in this. But he said, he said, you should have been here when Cinta found out. And then he said they slaughtered her whole family. And it took me a second... To understand what what he was going at, because she was just referencing all the stormtroopers as a whole. And oh. now here's one here, like, I hate you because all the other stormtroopers killed my family, so I hate you in, in return for it. Even though he, at this point now, has left the stormtroopers. So right. I was like, oh, that's okay. But it took me like three seconds, three times, and I had to like watch it with the closed <laughs> captioning on to hear exactly what he said. Um, so then we have the, then we go back to the, a lot of like quick scenes in the first half here. There's a lot of like yeah. building up of Rebels doing this, Imperials doing this, the Pilgrims doing this, like where it's like boom, 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 boom. It was nonstop getting everything together. There wasn't any one long section it was a lot of you know a story b story c story a story b story c story
1: yeah it was definitely your stories colliding and and it was a it was an action episode right yeah that that's what it needed to be was kind of getting the action going
2: yeah yeah so then uh then we see the guards are walking in and uh that's when uh turmeric says to the rest of them uh if they're from the garrison, we're from Alkenzi. And if we're and if they're from Alkenzie, we're from the garrison. And uh, it was interesting because as they're doing this, I'm going, okay. They're trying to sneak in that way. I get it. It makes a lot of sense. But somebody's going to notice that nobody knows who these people are. And suddenly they're going to notice that we have extra people. And <laughs> that's when a couple scenes later, you see like these three guys that are running down the... Uh, down the dam, and they're like, Nobody called us, they were supposed to call us. And I was like, Oh, they Gorn purposely didn't call them, right? So that our people could sneak in as them and nobody would notice. So I thought that was pretty cool. And those three guys that were running were also the guards that we see outside of the girls who are hiding in that little clump of rocks there. Um, and then you see these three guys walking down, and the one guy stops. And we see the first ever Disney person peeing on camera. Um, oh, I don't know if you I noticed. That. I didn't catch it at first either. But the guy who stops right in front of the window, he stops and he pees as he's like talking. He's saying something, and I'm like, "If you're peeing, I don't want to talk to you while you're peeing. <laughs> Go Just do that. Just do that. You know, so I'm like shut up and pee. Uh, so yeah, so we got to see the first guy pee. So this. Uh, this show has shown a lot of first for Disney and Star Wars. The first oh, real curse. Um, the one of the people said the S word um, <laughs> last week. One of the guards was smoking a cigarette while standing on top of the on top of the bridge, and now we see somebody peeing in Star Wars. So, oh, and there was a, a kind of a sex scene in this also. I mean, we know that they're going to go have sex. We don't actually see anything in terp- yeah. typical Disney fashion. They. Uh, they just closed the door and were just to assume that they had sex. <laughs> um, so a lot of first in this because this was a lot darker and a lot different than a normal Star Wars series, I think. Uh, I yes. think it's way, and I, I think that's why I like it so much because I was saying with Nick um, before his wife went and had a baby that, uh, God darn it, Tim, uh, that how like this is more of a war story than it is a Star Wars story um so it's it's uh it's pretty cool so anyhow
1: yeah i think this is like as as much as like return of the jedi gets some some flack for introducing the ewoks because they're kid friendly and Mm -hmm. stuff like this is the opposite side like honestly if they did this treatment if they went back and remade Return of the Jedi, or even Empire Strikes Back, as like a grizzled war film, mm-hmm. I feel like people would love it. And they, yeah. that's what this is delivering, right? This mm-hmm. is a grizzled war show in the Star Wars universe, which I think there's a lot of people that were pretty hungry for something like that.
2: Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think it's, I mean, I really liked Mandalorian um, because it was different than what we saw before. But still Star Warsy. There's still a lot mm-hmm. of Star Wars in it. Um, Book of Boba Fett, it, it was good for what it was. I was a little disappointed. I wanted a little bit more, and I wanted a little less dad bod action, <laughs> more like really, even if it was like a throwback Boba Fett to when we saw him during Empire. Like, we don't need Timo Morrison doing it. We can have somebody else in there. Um who's who's the bounty hunter that is told by uh Darth Vader no vaporization type of you know yeah. that guy um so that would be pretty cool if we saw like the uh what did the Indiana Jones young Indiana Jones <laughs> <laughs> yeah if we had young boba fett um yeah. but like this is like this now this really turns a corner for Star Wars where it is it is that gritty war film so it's really really cool that way Um, so the girls are like sitting in there and they're like, if they get any closer, we're shooting them. They were ready for it. But, uh, luckily the guy just peed and walked away. Uh, and then we go back to the Imperials and our good old friend Jay hold is putting on his formal clothes. (laughs) And I love this line when he was like, uh, somebody didn't put this belt away the right way because it doesn't fit anymore. It's, it got all. (laughs) I'm like, how can a belt get crinkled so that it doesn't fit? Like, come on. Yeah, but, yeah. That's I literally
1: wrote down. He's literally a fat cat. Yeah, Like,
2: uh-huh. corporate fat cat. Literally <laughs> a fat cat. Yeah, he they they're literally they're showing it in the most literal way that the, that the empire is just becoming fat cats. Um, and then uh, Rob Roboda is his wife, and his son was like Lenart, and. uh Lenart was just like he was just a whiny little kid like he's he's what you imagine like a rich kid to be like like I don't want to do that I just want to you know whatever um I, I
1: don't know if it was on purpose but it was interesting the way that that family scene mirrored last episode when we saw Mon Mothma's yes. family uh-huh. uh huh uh um, like obviously, two separate sides of the conflict, two different parts of the mm-hmm. world, right? But like, it was very similar, which yeah. I thought was really interesting that they used that mirror.
2: Yeah, I didn't even think of that until you said it. But a hundred percent, like her kid was like, "You don't even care about me," and this kid is like, "I don't even want to be here." And um, but yeah, a hundred percent a mirror of that. I do, I do uh, like that. And uh, he, you can tell he doesn't want to be there. Um, his wife doesn't want to be there. The kid definitely doesn't want to be there because all he ever does is talk about the Aldani and how awful they are and how stupid they are. And then he's like, you said you want to get off this rock. So the only way that we can get off this planet is by putting on a good show for, for the, not general for the other guy, the commandant. And the commandant. Yeah. And it's like, we put on a good show, then we'll finally be able to get off of here. And, uh, so I don't know. They, they, They don't want to be there. And and this goes way back to when we first saw Aldani. Actually, it was the other planet before, the planet that that Clem was on before. The guards were like, nobody signed up to be here. This is just where we got stuck type of a thing. And I feel Aldani's the same way where they're like, the only good thing about being here is we get to see this light show, this amazing light show. Um, you're going to make us, like, at least let us see this light show. Like, that's all we really care about. That's the only reason we're here is, is so that we can see this. So nobody wants to be there. And you can also see the way the attitude is of the soldiers, that they really have this, like, blasé attitude. Like, we're winning. We we beat these people down. We're doing what we can. We don't need, you know, we're not 100% on board. So, whatever. Um, yeah, I
1: think there, there's for sure an allegory there to – lots of different armed forces across history, right. Mm-hmm. Where people join, you know, you would think these people joined the empire for good patriotism, right. Right. Like empire your empirical pr- patriotism. And now they're kind of stuck on a backwater planet and just kind of dealing with it. And, and I think that's, it's interesting. I mean, Star Wars has always been a mirror of life. Yeah. There, you can always tie it back, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it was really interesting. It's it's kind of cool to see what it's like to be on the backwater planet's like um and, and see see the fractured edges of the empire, I guess, yeah. because like the closest we get to that is like the troopers on Tatooine, but they're still troopers in the right. way that they're presenting. They they're still like strong troopers, mm-hmm. whereas these guys are kind of just like I enlisted I don't want to be here. I'm just trying to get on to the next assignment. Like, yeah, I'm just trying to
2: go, <laughs> trying to do my time and get off. And even like uh, when they talked to Gorn, he, they he said he's been here the longest, and he was there for seven years. So everybody that's been there has been there less than seven years. You probably think, you know, one to three years, and then they're like, take me, you know, you, you sign, you know. If I didn't know anything about the military. My cousin uh, was in the army for 20 years and he was always talking about like his next assignment. Like he was like, I can't wait next one. I'm getting sent to Germany and you know, uh, I'm going to Alaska and um, you know, these guys are like, oh, like your first assignment, like you're going to Aldoni. You're like, great. I'm going to, Al- I don't even know where this right. place is. Like I want to go to Coruscant. I want to go to, you know, Tatooine or, you know, whatever, someplace fun, someplace shady or not this backwater planet so right um and then uh gorn has a fun dialogue with the aldani um king whatever the leader of the aldani. leader yeah. yeah he says may the eyes stay open long enough to find some good within you and uh gorn is like you just see gorn like kind of smirk because he wants to be like i'm trying dude like i'm on your side (laughs) like if there's anybody here it's me i'm on your side so but you know there's other people around so he can't be like i got you i'm with you i smell you Yeah, you know yeah but but he but he wants to so bad and then uh later on gorn says something very similar back when he's translating later on um So then we see the girls jump in the water when there's a light show so that nobody hears them splash. I guess that's the reason they were waiting for the lights to go up or maybe also.
1: Yeah. So everybody's looking up. Everybody's looking
2: up so they don't see the waves in the water when they jump in. So that was a, I I do like how thought out everything was and everything was going great until they get to that one thing. And that's always the way that something happens like, uh, I read the book and watched the movie, you know, Black Hawk Down when uh, for everything was going great until it wasn't. And then once it yeah. wasn't, then everything went super bad. And luckily, this didn't go super bad, um, but it did have its moments where everything was going so smoothly and then it wasn't. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, so and then I. Um, Gorn makes the rebel squad escort the co- commandant and his family, which I thought was a very well planned out as well. Like he was like groups one, two and four. You're going to stay down here and watch, watch the locals Uh, group three. You're going to fo- You're going to escort the commandant back up. And it was like, like, like they said, like they had it all thought out and it was really well thought out. And uh, so that was pretty good. And did you notice that they were, they went left, when they faced forward, it was left hand, right hand, left hand, right hand. Yeah, um,
1: I did. I did. They they listened to the advice. They
2: listened to his advice. They sure did. Uh, so then we get back inside the office and Jay hold is chilling out there with a bunch of other dignitaries and stuff. And he's talking about the goat hides that they trade for a three year lease and whatever. Um, but once again, it was all just about how special the, empire was and how they're just doing all this stuff just because they have to, but it would be so much easier once they annihilate and, and they don't want to kill everybody because they need all of them to build whatever they're going to be building on their sacred ground. So they don't, that's why they're not just annihilating everybody. Yeah. Um, And I,
1: I, the other thing I caught just before they headed inside, um, the, the Donnie said, our ghosts have strong hands. Oh yeah. Something like
2: that. Yeah. I have that.
1: Something like, Hey, like we're coming for you. Yeah. And then, uh, Gorn purposefully mistranslated that.
2: Yes. I have that written <laughs> down here. And it's awesome. Uh, tell him, <laughs> yeah, tell him our ghosts have strong hands and long memories. And then Gorn says back to J hold that, uh, May the eye find the good in all of us. <laughs> and I was like, that's not what he said. He said, "If you, yeah. you, we know our ghosts are going to kill you, and they're going to haunt you, and they're going to be very bad. So don't do don't do do not what you're <laughs> going to do. Uh, so it was pretty funny when he said that, uh, and he totally translated it wrong. Uh, so the girls linked the communications box on top of the tower. So it took me a, a second time of watching it. And I'm like, why did they climb all the way up? the bridge just to go back down again on the other side. I'm like, they could have just went around like everybody else did. But then I realized they were putting that communication box up there to, to block out the, uh, block out the, the, signal. the signals. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then on the way down, Oh, um, to trade, uh, Oh, he talks to the rebels and he doesn't, and he, yeah, the, the commandant's talking to the rebels who are dressed up as soldiers and he has no clue that they're not his people at all, which made me laugh. It was like a lot of going back to, what he said, uh, what Andor said in like the second episode, that they're so fat and so proud of themselves that they won't even know, they won't even think that we would be uh, daring enough to to impersonate them. And this is him like staring right down, right staring right at them, and has no clue that they're not even any of his soldiers. Yep. Um. Then uh, he, oh yeah, <laughs> he clearly feels uh, he he says let's make quick work of talking to the natives he feels all this is below him and he wants to get through it so that he can have his party with the with the office ppc because the party planning committee already has a party (laughs) plan um i always try to link in some kind of office reference somewhere so this one's all about the office ppc so uh yeah so that's all he really cares about is just having a party watching the lights and having a good time um so let me we Cutscene to the girls getting their part done. The boys are trying to contact them on the walkies, but they're delayed because of the girls had to wait for the one guy to run by. Uh, and then you see Vel. She's worried. She's like or Vi V-E-I, I think it is Vel. Vel. Okay, yeah. So she's worried. Like she's she knows at this point, if I say let's go, um, something bad could happen. My friends could die, mm-hmm. and I know I've know that she has this like deepness in her heart right here. Like I really want to do this. I know we have to do this, but I'm also afraid that if I do this, that something bad could happen. Uh, they could all sneak away right now and nobody would know any better. Uh, but if she says, let's go, then, then it's on. So she's very hesitant. And then Synth is like, let's go say something. Let's go. Let's go. So then they go, okay. She's like, let's go. And then it was a cool zip line of them uh, jumping over the edge. That was pretty cool. And then, uh, and then ziplotting down. Um, the imps in the, in the uh, Alkenzies, they trade hide, And that's when he says, you know, uh, our ghosts and all that good stuff. Um, th- now, they were burning the wool. I was a little confused if they were burning the wool out of anger, like a big middle finger to the Imperials, or if that was part of their traditions. And I couldn't find anything that told me either way. I don't know what you think.
1: Yeah, I, I read it as as like hating the imps and like just being pissed off um but i i had the same thought i was like it could also be a ritualistic thing that they burn the goat hide every year or whatever uh or every time the eye comes around um but yeah it it definitely i i read it as as more of them being frustrated like that was pretty well established that the locals were frustrated so i feel like that's what it was
2: okay um that's we're going with so there we go that's our story we're sticking with it Uh, (laughs) um so then at the top of the base gorn is getting uh anybody that doesn't need to be there out he tells two more golds guards to go to the bottom of the hill um go down there watch all the people down there i don't want anybody coming up here and i like how he covered his tracks every single time not like go party and have fun but make sure nobody comes up here. We don't want any of those locals up here. So everybody go down and, and, and patrol down there. So I thought it was really smart. Get as many people away from the base as you can. Make it a lot easier for you to do what you have to do. So, um, you know, great idea. Inside the base, in the outer room, j Holt is still rambling about how much he hates their cultures, uh, which reminds me a lot of Avatar as well. Like we talked about this is you know, in history. But Avatar, the movie Avatar was, I don't want to say based off of, but you know everybody was like oh well the avatar um i forget what the actual planet uh was called
1: uh, uh
2: pandora pandora yeah and the the natives on pandora were what we would consider the native americans here when we came over in all of our ships and just like killed them all to take their land that's exactly what we were doing in pandora was uh telling them do it our way or you're going to die but the uh native people in pandora were a little bit taller and a little bit stronger than they <laughs> thought um uh, so a little bit more blue a little bit more blue <laughs> that's right <laughs> um so then as he's as they're trying to bestow our way on another culture when when Cashin locks them in and hold them captive and i thought it was great He's like, what is going on here? Stop this. Stop this. <laughs> and he's like, no. And then, you know, like, he was just so full of himself that he thought there's no way that anybody would ever try and do something like this. Right. Um, His
1: commands were enough to stop it. Yeah. Because he's an Imperial commander.
2: Yeah, exactly. And then the other guy, the the um, architect guy is Colonel Pendergrass or Colonel Colonel Pettigar, Pettigar. Um, He's the guy. He then pulls out the gun. And I liked... His idea, his thing. He he was saying, you know, save the boy, leave let the boy go. Like,
1: yeah, let the women and children go. Yeah,
2: let them go. It's fine. You know, keep us hostage, but let the boy go. Let the boy go. And then Cynthia comes down and shoots him. I was like, yeah, you go, girl. So <laughs> she really does not like the Empire. Uh, and you know, we find out as we found out a little bit earlier that the uh, stormtroopers slaughtered her whole family. So she's not going to play games with them. She's going to kill them if she has to.
1: Yep and um, we, almost, we almost lost Nemec right there Yeah
2: Nemec. Yeah we were like no I Almost
1: got shot in the head <laughs> Almost got shot
2: in the head and, and it was like They just keep dangling this uh, Nemec is going to die thing in front of us Like they make him <laughs> so lovable And like you, you, want him, you want him to be around That you know that it's, he's too nice We're like oh no this isn't going to be good yep. um, So then uh, Then yeah They're like oh is this when he dies Nope thank goodness <laughs> Um, So then we don't lose them then. Um, So then as the one shot happens, you see Gorn outside and he kind of like flinches a little bit. And another soldier is like, is everything okay? He's like, yep, go ahead, get down to the bottom of the hill. And then they go inside and um, the stormtrooper guy slaps the crap out of, uh, out of, uh, I just had his name. Darn it. It's two words. J hold. Yep. And it slaps the crap out of J hold. Um, And I was like, Oh yeah, I like that slap, but it was just like, (laughs) you know, one of those typical uh, slap the bad guy type uh, tropes, I guess. Um, And then, uh, then we know. Okay. And then uh, they say one path, one choice we win or everybody dies. I was like, oh, that's pretty good uh, yeah. Good saying. I was like, all right. And then Yeah, Zell
1: had some good lines yeah. between that and then I think what you're about to get to, like showing the Re- the rebels morals.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So just like, we're not going to kill anyone.
2: Yeah, because um, she says, all we need is your hand. We can take it with or without you. And then he, she says later on, like, I'm going to, like, we don't want to kill you. And he's like, yes, you will. You're going to kill us anyway. And she was like, Why? Because that's what you would do. That's not what we would do. Like, we just want what we want. We don't want you to kill us. Like, we don't want you. We don't want to kill you. We just want to take your gold. That's all we want. So, yep. if you agree with us, if you follow along and do what we say, you'll live. But then I was also thinking, like, knowing Palpatine and Darth Vader and stuff. And, uh, yeah, Darth Vader's around at this time. So, um, <laughs> like, I, if I was them, I would almost be like, it it doesn't matter if you save us, we're going to get killed. Like yeah, <laughs> Palpatine, Vader, uh, anybody above, they're going to kill us anyway because we we let all this gold go. So just put us out of our misery now. They they're going to torture us and choke us and all that other nonsense. So um,
1: at least we can die in battle instead of yeah yeah <laughs> <Getting> <laughs>
2: instead of getting tortured. Uh, so the eleva- then they get in the elevator, they go downstairs, we see the jamming signal go into effect, and then the operator, this guy is the guy that they didn't account for. The one thing they didn't account for is an operator who's not going to just go, "Oh, it doesn't work. I'm just going to watch the light show." He's trying every single old switch that they could find. He's flipping switches, pushing buttons, Um, turning dials. He's trying to do everything that he can to get the signal back up to no avail. So he's all confused. Uh, Then the elevator opens and they're downstairs. And this is when the guy comes out with a green drink and he's like, sir, would you like a drink? Like, and it was just so (laughs) funny that, you know, they, they all have no clue, you know, and why would they? Because it's been a nice, quiet, uh, hostile takeover so far. Like they haven't had to kill and shoot a lot of things or anything like that. So, they get downstairs and the guy's like, "Oh good, the party can start." And it's like, "Nope. Put down, you know, put your hands behind your back and all that good stuff." So, um I was happy that through the beginning of this, they only killed one person and that's because that guy pulled out his gun also. Um so it was a lot of just capture and release later on. Yep. Um, so it was it was uh, working very very well. Um and then back inside everybody's tied up except for Jay hold and uh, and he, she said this is when Vale says if you do anything if if you do anything his family will die. He says he will kill us anyway. She says nope. She says that's not what we we would do. That's only because that's what you would do. Um and then and then that's when we see who Vale is shacking up with. Yep. Because she puts her hand on Cynthia's hand and they give each other a little look and we go, "Oh. That's who she's she who she's shacking up with. There we go, and then we get back up on top again. And the operator is talking to another soldier, and he's like, he's like, uh, did your comms go out? He's like, yeah. And then this is what was funny: they the only line that's open is the is the Alkenzie line. Everything else is fried. And they the other guy goes, must be the eye. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, because the eye can systematically knock out four different comm systems but leave one on. I yeah. was like, yeah, that's that has nothing to do with it with an electrical storm. It would knock everything <laughs> out. Right. Um so then they're getting closer to the vault now. The soldiers inside, they're playing cards. Now, somebody said it was sabak, but I the cards that they were lining up were much smaller than sabak cards.
1: Yeah, they didn't look like sabak cards. I need to go back and watch. I I didn't catch Because they said some phrases, right? Yeah, and and it wasn't like sabak full sabak, like it wasn't describing a sabak hand.
2: No, not at all. And and I have sabak, and we tried to teach people how to play sabak on the show a long time ago, and uh, those cards did not look anything like a sabak card whatsoever. So uh, I don't know what they were playing, but it looked cool, Um, but uh, and it was funny that it was like once again like these guys are maybe they were done their shift and they were just like whatever um but it was funny that they were all just sitting there and i really like how they were like attention on deck commanders on the deck and they all stood up his it looked like when they first came walking in that they were actually you know just normal um soldiers coming in um and then they line them up so that they could tie them up and and they said uh they tell them, uh, if you load, if you work fast for the next 10 minutes, you won't die. And then as they're saying that, J-Hold shouting to all of them, they already killed somebody, they're going to kill us all, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, shut up. Um, <laughs> and it was neat seeing all the rolls of gold, um, all, the, all, yes. all their coins and everything like that. Um, and then I also enjoyed watching J-Hold doing all the work. Um and his (laughs) his fatness starting to sweat and be angry and and whatever, um because you know you could tell he hasn't done any manual labor in quite some time, yep. Um so that was pretty funny, and then uh Valley one then Sinta turns off all the lights, um and um Ryan Airy from uh, Screen Crush said that Star Wars does a lot of things with light and dark. And, um, you know, the light side, the dark side, uh, Kylo Ren, when he's about to kill Han Solo beforehand, he has a light light on his face and a dark light on his face. And then the light light, you know, goes behind a cloud or something. So then he's just all dark and red. And that's when he kills Han Solo. Um, and this was the same thing. Like all the lights were on, they turned the lights off and they even put the fire out all at the same time. And they did it, I mean, for the light show to show up. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, Synth is the one that turned the lights off. So uh, it was kind of like a combination of for the light show and also so that they could finish doing what they had to do. Um,
1: yeah. I will say the the like locals' like celebratory dance mm-hmm. made for such a cool background. They kept cutting kind of back to it yeah. in between scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it... It helped the action feel a lot faster, I feel. Yeah,
2: like. yeah, it definitely helped move it along more and, and get it more intense and get you more, like, into it. So definitely was really, really cool. Um, and then uh, Gorn, the uh, the commander's like, you're going to hang for this. And he said, seven years serving you, I deserve worse than that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I loved that line.
2: Yeah, that's a great line. And then they they uh, the Tie Fighters start coming in. Somehow somebody tipped off to the Tie Fighters that something bad is happening. I didn't. Maybe it was the commander up on top, but I don't think I don't know yeah.
1: who. Because he got enough to he heard enough. Like there was kind of speckles through, and, right? And enough got through where he knew that they were in the vault.
2: And the other thing, like if there's anything I know about communication, is don't say anything that you don't want somebody else to hear. Yeah. So you, they should have been speaking in some sort of a code the whole time so that uh, he wouldn't be able to put together. We're in the vault. We yeah. have it. We're taking all of the money. Like
1: We are scraping
2: the vault. <laughs> we're scraping the <laughs> vault. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, uh, whatever. But yeah, so and then here's my question for you because I don't actually know the answer to this. And I haven't done any research on it. Every single ship, almost every ship, in Star Wars, when it flies past, it has, like, jet engines or, or engines coming out of the back, except for TIE Fighters.
1: Yes. Uh, the t- So, TIE in TIE Fighter is actually an acronym. Uh, if I can look it up, I will tell you exactly what it is. Tell us Uh, twin ion engines. So they, I got really nerdy about this at one point. I I only remember so much of it. Um, But the gist of it is, is they are not like jet powered, but they're more like, magnetic force powered Okay. um and that's why they're able to turn so quickly because okay. kind of manu- their engines let them maneuver a little bit more quickly um and yeah it's not a jet it's like ions moving around and that kind of thing
2: okay because it, i was like wait a minute and i know like george lucas didn't think of this in 1977 when he first made these like people are going to question me why, how these things move around in space. They just do, you know, like he's not going to, whatever. But of course, you know, 50 years later now, people are like, how does this happen? You know, like we need to know, everything has to actually work in real life. So, uh, yeah. So just, uh, so thank you for knowing the answer to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, funny, funny one for me to know. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is, I thought it was weird and it's always weird to me. When Tie Fighters are in atmosphere, Uh because there's no way those wings would work. Right, exactly. One gust of wind
2: and they'd be turned. Yeah, and there's no like, like even with like helicopters have the back rotor to keep it from spinning around in circles. So the same thing, like it needs something to stabilize it. Those two straight lines aren't going to be stabilizing anything at all. So yeah, and like you said, a strong gust of wind from the side, like it's just. I have a jeep, and the jeep goes through uh, wind like a brick. That thing would be even worse. It's like trying to, trying to just get a sheet of two by four or a sheet of plywood to go sideways through through a storm. Like, yeah, no way. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Um, yeah. So then we see the people load into the tie fighters, which is always fun to see because they are so tall. Like this, trying to, you know, explains how they get in. And we saw in. Um, maybe Rogue One or something else where they were, like, stacked up on a wall inside of one oh, of the yeah. hangar base so that they could climb up the ladders and go in that way. So it was pretty cool. There's a couple different ways of how people get into the TIE Fighters. So then they get into the TIE Fighters, and then um, then we're back down in the vault, and this is when the new guards come because the communications guy realizes that um, something bad is happening, so he gets more guards to come with him. And then I really liked... You know, they, they crossed all their T's and dotted all their I's. Like, they weren't uh, shocked for anything. They, they had everything worked out. If somebody comes in, what do we do? And he said, this is a classified mission. You're not cleared to be here. And then uh, he's like, Commander, tell him. And then you just see Jay hold and he just looks really, really bad, and then he just collapses. <laughs> like, he yeah. worked so hard for the first time in, in 20 years that he had a heart attack, and it just... <laughs> um, and then it was like, oh, he had a heart attack uh, You must be bad guy So now I'm going to start shooting you yeah. And then that's when um, The firefight starts And everybody's shooting everybody um, Tariman, uh The stormtrooper guy He goes out in a, in a Blaze of glory I was impressed, I thought he was going to maybe turn But he didn't He was the one that I, I picked to be the person That would turn on them but he went running across to try and help out. Vale was, like, stuck behind something. Stuck,
1: yeah, pinned down.
2: Pinned down. So he went to try and help her, and he got shot. And so now he's done. He's the first one that we lose. Um, And then um, Cashin almost dies. He gets he's almost gets choked out in the ship. Uh, but then this is pretty cool because <laughs> uh, Nemec shoots that guy without shooting Clem. So that was a good deal. Yeah, that
1: nice um, shot. And we and knew I, that was what was so weird to me. Like, there's no tension for for Cashin. No,
2: no, not at all. Like Nick and I talked during, uh, like Mandalorian or Boba Fett. Like they have plot armor. Yes. Um, and so Cashin totally has plot armor because we know he's going to be in the movie five years later. So right. It's we like, know
1: exactly how he dies.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. Okay, he's going to get out of it somehow. Like, and that's the only downfall to it is, you know, for the next 24 episodes or the total of 24 episodes that we're not going to lose Cashin at all. So yeah. it's not a Game of Thrones type of thing where anybody can die at any time. Cashin's not. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to see him die because we already saw him die. So it's like, that is a little disappointing, and I did want to talk about that. So I'm, I'm happy you brought it up also. I wasn't the only one that was like, But it doesn't matter because he's not going to die You know Um, And then um, So then uh, We do see the Polaroid camera again That comes back out again And then the ship was set on the track Oh and then you know They load up what they could in the amount of time that they had And then they're like all right, let's get out of here Um, Especially since these bad guys Were now shooting everybody Everybody gets onto the ship except for uh, Terman, who, who you know, we lost. Um, and then um, he shoots, the, takes the ship, the ship takes off on the track, and it takes off at such a burst of speed that everybody goes flying backwards, and um, Nemec gets trapped in gold. Um, and it, yep. it was interesting that um, on one of the other shows they said, you know, he didn't get shot by the Empire, but he got killed by the the Empire money. Like, that's what actually wound up killing him was, was the actual gold from the Empire. Um, so, uh, and Nemec is the only one that knows where to go. Like, I, don't, yep. I think it was only because, I guess, that, that Polaroid camera was the one that told us where to go, so... That's yeah, why... he was
1: the only one trained enough to know yeah. how to use the Polaroid. Yeah, Polaroids. but uh,
2: you have to have backups. Just remember that. So <laughs> he should have shown somebody else how to do it, just in case. Uh, and then this part, this scene was kind of weird to me. Um, Val was like, "Keep him still. Keep him still." I'm like, he when she went to jab him in the chest with the with the uh, adrenaline, basically what it what it would have been, but. He wasn't moving. He wasn't flailing around like he was like, I can't feel my legs like he wasn't. So the fact yeah. that she was so adamant of keeping him still, he was still he was just laying there <laughs> like, yeah, he couldn't have been any more still. You know, I was like, OK, that didn't make any sense. But anyhow, uh, oh,
1: I do have to own up for being wrong about a prediction. OK, was, the, the ship was mounted. Yes, it was week, mounted. I, I guessed that it was not going to be.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it was. So we, we did miss out on that one. That was a, And I was wrong also. I thought for sure that Tireman was going to turn on him and he didn't. So um
1: 0 for 2. 0
2: for 2. <laughs> um <laughs> but
1: we guessed Nemec. We yes,
2: Yeah, we did say that he was going to die. So we're we're one for 3. Um so yeah. So then uh they give him a shot of adrenaline and he he gets up and he, I was funny when he was like, pull up, pull up. And, uh, Clem was like, uh, what did you give him? Like, he's like, <laughs> yeah. does he see what's above us? I can't pull up. And he's like, pull up. Um, which was also, uh, in Andor later on the droid says the same thing. What was the big droid's name? I forget what his name was.
1: Oh, uh, in, in rogue one In
2: rogue one. Yeah. Um, K2. Yeah. K2SO he says the same thing he's pull up pull up so it was pretty funny that they they said the same thing um so then uh then um you see all, they're flying through all the lights and the lights are pretty cool i really like the lights
1: um, i i thought so too i actually wrote down that the the eye was was legitimately beautiful and they did a really good job of like yeah the cgi with that
2: it, it reminded me a little bit of um thor's planet when they shoot the uh bridge out like the the rainbow bridge type of thing um mm. that yep. they walk on like it was very colorful like that now this was a different type but it was still very colorful just like that rainbow bridge uh is yeah. um so yeah so it was really cool the cgi was really good that they definitely way better than um our northern lights are Um so uh I'm very I was very impressed. And it was also much better done than the uh swoop gang speeder bike Vespa uh chasing. (laughs) A little faster than the Vespas. A little faster than the Vespas. Um so then everybody escapes, but now we see that Namek is not doing well, and this is when um Skeen says she doesn't want to save his life. She wants to just go back. And Cashin's like, What's what are you talking about? And he says, We have a built in plan to go to a doctor if somebody gets hurt. So then Cashin is the one who has who's like, Let's go. We're going to the doctor. Yeah. Um, so you can see he's he's getting more and more invested and he cares more. Uh, until they get to the doctor, and then um not that he has a change of heart per se. But I think he was forced into thinking a slightly different way after yeah. that so then then the kids on the on the medical table and the doctor who looks like Maz katana is uh, is healing him or working on him and the, the forearm look was cool I would uh, yeah
1: I, it makes sense that a doctor would benefit yeah. from having forearms
2: yeah most definitely because you know you can hold more you more tools in your hand and cut people open with you know whatever so it was it was a neat look and it was interesting how they didn't just have the all four arms coming from the side it almost looked like a like a kid was standing in front of an adult and (laughs) like they had a sheet over their head but then the kids hands were coming out of the front so there were two hands coming out of the front and then two hands coming out of the side so it was an interesting look um I, i don't know if uh I mean, I'm sure everybody would love to have four hands. Would you love to have two extra arms? I don't yeah, know. a
1: couple extra arms. So yeah.
2: You can hold more things. You know, think of all the things you could bring back from the grocery store. You now have four hands. You only have to do it on one trip. You don't have to do it in multiple trips.
1: And I'd be even better at impersonating Grievous.
2: Yes, exactly. <laughs> you, could, you would have to go buy two more lightsabers, though. You'd have all four yeah. of them spinning around. <laughs> um, so then. This is where I thought the show was going to end when Skeen and Andor are talking mm, and yes. Skeen is like, how much money do you think's on there? It's probably 80 million. We could split it just you and I, but I need a pilot. So that's why I need you. And then it was like, this was the moment that I, you know, I thought, like I said, I thought the other guy was going to be the traitor. I was very disappointed to see that it was Skeen who was the traitor and he wasn't like an Imperial traitor, he was like a, and he even said it for himself. He's like, I am a rebel. I'm a rebel of one. All I care about is myself. Yep. And I was like, okay. And then you know, they, he said, well, what about your brother? And he said, I have no brother. So I took it like the whole story was fake. But then other people on the internet are like, well, maybe he means he doesn't have a brother anymore. And he's just even more angry. But I took, I don't think that's what he meant by it. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think ultimately he. I, I took it as like, I don't have a brother anymore, but I also think like ultimately for him, he's, so he mentioned like, he's inspired by being pissed off at the empire. Right. Um, and not necessarily, it's not necessarily the best motivations, right? It's not like uh, Vel who, who's like, I want to change the world, or right. change the galaxy. Yes. Um, And so like, he got his punch in on the Empire. Yeah. I don't know that he has the buy-in anymore. He's like, cool, I got my punch in, uh-huh. I'm done. I stole like, all their can... money. Exactly. I stole a bunch of money. I can take off. I can go live on a moon somewhere peacefully for the rest of my days.
2: Yeah. Like, I don't I don't need to continue this rebellion. I just want to make sure that I did something against them. They're now $80 million in the hole from where, or 80 million credits in the hole from where they were. So they're, ha-ha, that's my job, I'm done. Yeah. Um, so it's a shame because uh, he was actually coming around to me, but then if we find out that his whole backstory, he just made it all up to get, to get in with them, then it's like, okay, then I really don't care about you at all, but I cared about the character that you were. It was right. almost like the, uh, the typical, you know, uh, the boyfriend, the boy, you know, uh, the teen movie where his friend bets him 20 bucks to turn this girl around and and get this girl to fall in love with him and then oh but it was only for a bet but I really did fall in love with you <laughs> like that's what I wanted right. I wanted him to really fall in love with the, with the with the republic with the with the rebellion um but he didn't and then uh cashin is like oh well if that's the way you are then I'm going to kill you because that's what I do to people Like he did to the spy when we saw him in the movie who was like hurt and he knew the guy was going to rat him out because he was hurt and he wasn't going to be able to handle the torture. So he killed him. So the same thing, he's like, Oh, you're not the person I thought you were. You're a turd. I'm going to kill you. I'm not even giving you any more opportunity (laughs) to, to, uh, to, to work your way out of this. Um, and then Clem goes back in and he says, you know, um, I just want my money. Here's the, Here's the uh, Kyra crystal. I don't want it. Give it back to to your friend. Give me the money that I was promised, and I'm out of here. I'm going to give you $30,000, 30,000 credits for that ship that's only worth 15,000 credits, and I'm going to take the other 170,000 credits, and I'm going to go live on my own. And then, of course, she says, oh, but you have to take the manifesto. I don't want it. Take it. He wants you to take it. So you know... He's gonna. It's gonna be sitting on a on the uh, dashboard, and right. he's gonna open it up. He's gonna read like three pages, and he's gonna do a one eighty and follow back, back to the base, and then, um, you know, he's gonna help them form the rebellion and eventually
1: um, steal the plans to the Death Star.
2: <laughs> eventually, steal the de- plans to the Death Star, but who's to say what could happen in the future? Um, <laughs> and then. And that's where, like, I wanted the episode to end.
1: I did, too. I I thought, like, that would have been a really good ending. And, like, don't get me wrong, I like the stuff that we're about to get to that was the ending. And I think this is too two episodes at least now cuz last last season or last episode did this too where there's like these weird tags that are kind of unnecessary and I don't like they don't build tension necessarily no. Mm-mm. um and I feel like they could have been elsewhere
2: yeah it could have been like the start of next episode
1: like mm-hmm. because maybe the last tag which we'll get to in a bit and maybe that one belongs but yeah but yeah cuz then we go then, to the to the empire base. Right? Yeah, we
2: go to the I, IPS ISP building and the guys having an emergency meeting of all the imps. Major Petrazza says I want every and I I had to write down every single word that they said because <laughs> I have such a hard time understanding Star Wars language by like mm. the formal people that you know, even in like episodes 1, 2 and 3 of the movies when they're talking about the senate and the corruption and the uh, traffic lanes and this and that. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're even talking about. Yeah. So I, I had to write it down word by word and then read it over slowly so that I understood what he was saying. But he says, I want every star sector and planetary emergency retaliation plan in the building ready for presentation by midnight. So basically he wants everybody who is in charge of all the different sectors to get their PowerPoint displays out and tell us what all our backup plans are because the people the rebels have started attacking yep so i was like oh okay like now um i don't have that the girl's name hold on it's right um but uh deidre deidre was the one the past two episodes where she was like they're up to something and everybody's like shut up you're a woman you don't know what you're (laughs) talking about so now she's like, mm hmm, told you so. See, see I told you. you should have listened to me. Um, so we have that clip. And then right from there, boom, it goes right into Mon Mothma. And she says, Senator Drow's proposal is both tempting and timely, far more reason and thoughtful than the calls for decree where we've been uh, hearing from the other side. And you see that the pods are empty. There yeah. aren't a lot of people there. And I thought that this was like with our good old American um, democracy when people just don't show up to, to certain votes. They just don't care. I thought that's what this was. But um, other people are, people are
1: getting whispers. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Then the people that are there are getting whispers. But they're saying that when we saw the Senate in, in the movies in episodes one and two, how the Senate was so important But now that the Empire is taking over or has taken over, the Senate is less and less important because they're actually not able to make any decisions anymore because the Empire is just making all the decisions for them. So they're like senators with really no power. So they're kind of like the royal family of of today where they're just there in name more than actually being able to do anything because the Empire is not letting them do anything. That makes Um, sense. Yeah. That
1: makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they're just kind of... And, and it w- it makes sense that mon mothma is still there right, right. because she's a faithful yes a
2: faithful politician public servant. Yeah, yeah faithful public servant and she's she's really trying to do something good um and then she says uh there will be a fact-finding commission put in place this session and it will prove that this is a boot to the throat of all Gomorians." uh go- Gamor- gamorans um not gamorians that would be marvel um yeah so that was going back to two episodes ago when she was talking to her husband about how the empire has put um the ban the travel ban or whatever it was the, on on the shipping lanes and is starving everybody out the shipping lanes they cut off two episodes back um and then she realizes every nobody's nobody now. The people that are left, nobody's listening to her. So then she grabs her iPad. I mean, data pad um, to see <laughs> why everybody is leaving. And then she also reads about the heist. And then and then she's like, oh, because she. I mean, that's got to be what it is because she gives a yeah. look like shock, but at the same time, like I don't know. I guess like, she didn't know, like Luther didn't tell her what the plans were but i think luther just told her that things were in action
1: yeah yeah i don't think he specifically told her um but it it was definitely like a knowing look i guess i would say yeah from her at the end yeah
2: and then um so the the uh the Gamorns uh is also referenced in rebels so when she's in rebels, she talks about that, and that's when the rebels have to save her um, because um, the Palpatine then puts a price on her head and says that you, know, if you're, if you're, if this is what you're doing. You are an enemy of the Empire. So then that's when the rebels uh, pick her up, and then they take her, and then that's when she becomes the leader of oh, the boy. the rebellion. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool that they tied that in to the rebels, which then ties that into Mon Mothma being in the in the rebellion, um, and it also um, it was her voice in Rebels as well. So there's another one where it was her voice in Rebels, and then she was in this, and she was also in
1: Rogue One. Rogue One,
2: yes. Yep. Um, so they, they I like that they kept it all together, and then with the very last cutscene was was fun. Um where uh Luther is there and he's talking to the lady about the language. It's an inscription in a language no one remembers. Um and he says so you can make up whatever it was. So that was um uh, I didn't write it down. I thought I wrote it down. Um darn it. Um but that was uh in reference to one of the battles from the Clone Wars cartoon. Uh, oh. And uh, Darth Maul's brother, like, annihilates... Oh, Savage or yeah, Savage? Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, he, like, annihilates, like, everybody on a planet, and that was the planet that he, like, annihilated everybody on or whatever. Uh, oh. So that was that was a reference back to that. So that was pretty cool. Um, oh. And then the guy, that other guy's just sitting there. I don't know... He must have been with the lady who was like looking for jewelry like I don't know if he was her yeah. her driver, her driver or, or whatever but he was like have anything from Aldani and he was like oh I might have something in the back why and he goes oh apparently a rebel cell just did something big there <laughs> and then Luther goes oh let me go check in the back and he goes into the back and then he just like starts he doesn't even like giggle a little bit like he's like oh, 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 oh. yeah like, he's really <laughs> excited he's yeah. really excited he's like yes, they did it Um, and then his assistant in typical stoic fashion, she just like, she like doesn't say anything, doesn't smirk or anything. So I don't know if she's a traitor or what the deal is with her, but every time that he has brought up something about the rebellion, she's been very like stern faced about it. So it'll be interesting to see if she has anything. Uh, it'll be interesting to see also that Deidre girl and the rest of the Imperial now people, uh, lieutenant supervisor blevin that guy who's like her her arch nemesis in the in the imperial forces if they now have to work together yeah. um I'm happy this happened in this episode uh and they didn't stretch it out any longer
1: um, yeah because I think I think like because we're a quarter of the way through the story at this point right yeah like,
2: because it's 24 episodes total um yeah. you know 12 this year so
1: so, I like, I like that we saw, like, Cashin getting on his first, like, rebel action this early. There's a lot of things to keep pulling on. We got to find out why Cashin's looking for his sister. Yeah. He's yeah. seemingly still looking for his sister. Um, I don't know if there's more to tell about, like, his home planet or not, um, or his life before yeah. the series. Yeah, I don't know either, because... I mean, I think other than
2: looking for his sister and maybe the other young kids that were on that planet, maybe we can find them somewhere again. Um yeah. But I think that was just like a backstory to introduce that we're missing the sister type of thing. Right. Um, so it'll be interesting if we find out that she's like in the Empire, like if she's high Imperial somehow, like she got um, – like an imperial ship landed and like kidnapped all the kids and then turned them into soldiers and she winds up being like a high ranking imperial officer somehow um yeah that'd be pretty wild yeah and he's like you're my sister and he's like she's <laughs> like but I have the higher ground <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so yeah yeah i thought this was a really good episode it was and, really exciting and really good and it it does
2: this episode is what sparks the new rebellion. Because without this $80 million in credits, they wouldn't be able to afford to buy any of the ships or anything that they have or any way to actually start piecing all of these little pockets together into one giant rebellion. Now they have the money to put everything together so that's really exciting because that's that's where this is going to go next is now we have the money so mon mothma can be the leader of this of this rebellion so uh the history moment right here we were able to see how it all started literally right here at this in this heist this is the first big one um so yeah so i liked it oh i love your shirt i'll never tell (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Never tell Los
1: Angeles the odds.
2: <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, so, yeah. So, it was a great episode. Um, I don't know. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else?
1: No. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think it was a really good episode. I'm really excited for where we're going to continue. Um, I think two weeks out, we start to actually get two Star Wars things happening at the same time.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because Um, that's when um, the Jedi stories, the Jedi Chronicles. Tales of the Jedi. Tales of the Jedi, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So so. that'll be fun.
1: Um, uh, What did you think of the Bad Batch? I like the Bad Batch. Um, I think it's – I I always have been really curious about the time where, like, you have clones there at the same time as conscripts. Uh Uh-huh. And I think that's a really cool era to tell a story in. Um, the story's okay. I don't know if I came to expect more because of Clone Wars. Like Clone Wars told really good stories. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Bad Bath Bad Batch maybe told a more basic story, not as yeah interesting.
2: And, and I because, uh, like Nick and I were doing. We started doing like breakdowns of the shows. But like we even stopped that like four episodes in because Nick stopped watching it. Um, it was slower, and I even went back and tried to rewatch it. I've rewatched Rebels maybe two or three times. I really enjoyed Rebels. I really enjoyed Clone Wars once it got into the second or the third season when they realized cool. what they were going to do with Clone Wars. Um, I really enjoyed that. And I liked Bad Batch. I watched it all the way through, but when I tried watching it the second time, I'm like, this would be better if it was in, like, one and a half speed. Like, if you just sped it up a little bit, it would be so much better. So, um, But I did like the concept of them all being mutants, you know, clone mutants. Um, So I'm excited for season two. Hopefully season two goes a little bit faster than season one. Not... You know the stories go faster, and there's there's a little bit more to them, Um, right?
1: Hopefully, hopefully they kind of spent the time in season one to set the groundwork and all those little pieces, yeah, so that season two they can kind of get going,
2: get going with it, yeah. Because that comes out in like February, so we are we are coming up to a whole bunch of new uh, Star Wars stuff coming through, so it will be really exciting. So, yeah. yeah, so I'm excited with the 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 Jedi uh stories should should be pretty cool because there's you're gonna see some different Jedi's and for all the kids out there that want to see lightsabers we're gonna see lots of them. So and we'll get
1: to see Yattle. Yes. In, in canon.
2: In canon. Yattle <laughs> will be back, not just a, a mention of her. So she'll be there. So that'll be pretty cool. Um so alright. I don't think we need to belabor to this point any longer. Uh, this was, a, it's, it was It's late on your
1: side of the country It is late, I didn't realize what time it was I was having
2: so much fun talking about this episode I didn't realize what time it was uh, But yeah, it was a great episode So definitely check it out if you didn't uh, Especially after you know we tried to butcher it But uh, enjoy it because it was a really, really good show So I definitely think you should go check out this episode And especially for Star Wars people Because it, is, it does give you How the rebellion begins Which is really awesome So That being said, from all of us here at Bantha Podcast, and for Nick, who's uh, giving a baby a bottle or something like that, who knows, Uh, I am Rob, that is not Rob, that is Ryan Ryan. over there, (laughs) yes, (laughs) and we have spoken. We
1: have spoken.